Hello, Kardak Radio Facebook page. We are live streaming on August 25th, Sunday night, 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific, all time zones in between and around the world. Welcome to our every Sunday evening on the Pacific, on the, uh, well, almost Pacific and Eastern seaboard of the United States and Central and Mountain and um, Pacific time. So, what are we talking about today? We are talking about why we can't have memories of our past lives. And I'm bringing this to you all about spiritism. Remember, our the codifier of spiritism was Allan Kardec. Here's his book and the picture right next to me. And if you go to my website, nwspiritism.com, you click on his picture, you'll go to a spiritist bookstore, and you'll find more books about spiritism. You'll also find my books on the right-hand navigation page. And of course, you can find all of Alan Kardec's books on PDF. You just, any search engine, uh, DuckDuckGo, type in Alan Kardec space PDF, and you'll find his books on PDF. So if, you, know, if you, you don't have to spend any money whatsoever, but of course, you can also get them on Amazon and, and the uh, Spiritist Bookstore. I recommend that. Oh, hello, Barry. Good evening to you. I am doing well. So exciting today is we are talking about, we're going through more involved in what I wrote in my book, The Problem is the Solution. And the reason I wrote that is there, there are many things that people think, oh, this is a problem or this is, why do I have to go through this? And really what the spirit world is telling us is that's part of our curriculum. Oh, hello, Jacob. That's part of the curriculum we are going through because evidently they noticed in a previous life that we needed to learn in that particular subject. The most important thing I want to stress to everyone is that the, the ups and downs, the tragedy, what you believe are tragedies, right? Everything that happens to you is not meant as a punishment. Everything that is done to us is for our edification. It is it is as if you have uh, you have a child, a five-year-old child. You let them make mistakes. Sometimes you have to learn the hard way. Hopefully they don't, but you warn them, and sometimes you have to learn the hard way. Same with us. Sometimes we have to learn the hard way because we don't get the subtle hints of what we've been told before. Very unfortunate, but of course, as we all know, we're human, and we are somewhat stubborn. So let's get right into it. So first... Well, first, the whole question is before you can't remember your past lives, is that what we should talk about is why we must have multiple lives. Now, I've said it before, and, I'll, and I think all of us know that, is how many people really learn to be very good within one life? I know, I, I know, knowing what I believe to be good is, and that is to follow your conscience, right? To love, to not to get rid of your primitive emotions, not have a hate or envy, uh, you know, be charitable, you know, that it, even in my life where I started out in a normal middle-class family, right? I wasn't in a, you know, a, you know, a criminal type organization family, you know, or I wasn't in a war zone. Um, even that would be hard for me. Think of the people who were born in terrible circumstances. What chance do they have to become 
good and actually even to make it without doing some harm to somebody, some real harm to somebody in one life. That would, to me, I think to many other people, that would be extremely unfair of God to conv- to put people into a hell forever because of what they did if they were born in extremely poor circumstances. Some people may do it, and there are exceptions. But still, it's certainly not starting out with a, with a even playing field, is it? No. That's why Spiritism tells us there is reincarnation. So, in Alan Kardec's book, Genesis, there is discussion of spiritual Genesis, where he, hello soul, where he lays out the map required to ascend in the spirit hierarchy in an easy-to-understand prose. First, he touches on why we must be reincarnated. This is what he says. The incarnate spirit's obligation to provide for the sustenance of its body, its safety and well-being, constrains it to apply its faculties in the search to exercise and develop such faculties. Thus, its union with matter is useful for its evolution, and that is why incarnation is a necessity. Furthermore, by means of of the intelligent labor that it performs upon matter to its own advantage, it concurs in the physical transformation and progress of the globe that it inhabits. It's laboring for its own progress on how it contributes to the Creator's work as an unsuspecting agent. (laughs) Yes, Matthew. Um, that could be, and that I can talk about that later. So, what Alan Kardec is telling us is that a primitive spirit must first learn how to feed and fend for itself. By doing so, the young spirit is taking society forward. As, group gather, as groups gather t- together to form tribal units to better supply the small community food and protection, at the same time, a basic division of labor appears. This is why we're all primitive at time we are all primitive spirits. As we take toddlers to play with other friends to begin the process of socialization, so does the spirit world set immature spirits on the ground to learn basic rules. So next, Alan Kardec talks about the process for advancements. This is what he says. The spirit's incarnation, however, is neither constant nor perpetual. It is only transitory. Upon leaving one body behind, it does not take another immediately. During a shorter or longer length of time, it lives the spirit life, which is its normal life. Hence, the amount of time spent during its different incarnations is very small compared with the time it spends in a state of free spirit. During the interval between its incarnations, the spirit also progresses in the sense that it uses for its advancements the knowledge and experience it acquired during its corporeal life. It examines what it did during its earthly stay, reviews what it's learned, recognizes its wrong, draws up its plan, and makes resolutions by which it hopes to be guided in a new existence, as it tries to do better. It is in this way that each life is a step forward on the path of progress, a sort of practical schooling. So what is he telling us? He's telling us that life on each planet, whatever planet we're on, in a physical body is meant to instruct us, that we, with our spirit mentors, figure out our lesson plan. Each life is a series of events designed to impart specific areas of improvement in which we recognize deficiencies which must be corrected. We are on earth to be taught and to teach others who cross our path. 
Our horrible and depressing times we experience are nothing more than an entry on the lesson plan. Now, I know that's hard because when you are in the moment, and here, as a human, a day, a week, you know, for a kid, an hour is, is forever. For us, as an adult, a week, a month is, is huge, is a long time for us. But remember, you have to juxtapose this against our life as an immortal spirit, which is infinity. 60, 80 years on earth is nothing, right? So, although it's hard for us to understand that, but the more we can try to approach that view of our life, I did a, a uh, I'm just doing right now a, a YouTube video, BitChute video on, on how to look at your life from the 10,000 foot level. A lot of that's in this book too. The problem is the solution. Is that's what we really need to look at is, is the spirits tell us we should look at our life from the top of the mountain. And if there's a path, you look down and you see this path. If you're on this path, which is us in a physical body, the path looks rocky and windy and it meanders around and there's ups and downs. But when you're on the 10,000 foot level, as if you're living your immortal life, the path doesn't look that windy, right? It still gets to the general direction and it looks smooth. Therefore, try and sometimes when you're in the middle of all this chaos, try to raise yourself up and look at yourself down from a very long, a long period of time. It's not easy. So, so Alan Kardec explains that life isn't there to torture us, but to uplift us. This is what he says. Incarnation is therefore not normally a punishment for the spirit, as some might think, but a condition inherent to the unevolved state of the spirit and a means of progressing. Absolutely. We are all, all of us here, all of us on this earth, we are all on a planet of atonement. We're not on a planet of atonement because we did something wrong and we were sent to some this prison called Earth. No, we're on the planet of atonement because we are young, immature spirits who need education. We need to, to and part of education, just like socializing children, right, is to take away their bad habits, their selfishness, and to instill good habits, cooperation, learning how to be polite. Same thing with us. We have to go through the same thing. So I'll go on with what Alan Kardec is saying. As the spirit progresses morally, it dematerializes. That is, by freeing itself from the influence of matter, it purifies itself. Its life becomes more spiritualized and its abilities and perceptions broaden. Its happiness is a result of the progress it has accomplished. So when you read the books uh, by Andre Louise, they, they talk about coming to earth. On release one time, he talked about coming to Earth down to Rio, and he saw all this dark, you know, all these people around with dark shadows around them. And that's what Alan Kardec means, is that the people who are, are completely under the influence of, of matter, they, they let themselves be led by their primitive emotions. They, they have this dark aura, right? The, those people who, who don't dwell on gossip or envy or hate and they try to uplift themselves and try to study about themselves and god and 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 improve themselves their aura is lighter and basically that's all we take from when we leave this earth this earth 
You're not going to take your car. You're not going to take your favorite shoes. You're not going to live in the house, right? You can't take your house with you, or if you love it, you can certainly, if you're too tied to your house, you may be there on the lower zone for longer than you want and not make progress because you're still around there hoping someone can see you, which most of them can't unless a medium comes into your house. So what do we take with us? Just what's in here. And we take that improvement. That's the most important thing. So he says, it's life becomes more spiritualized and its abilities and perceptions broaden. Its happiness is that as a result of the progress it has accomplished. However, since it acts in virtue of its free will, it can, through negligence or ill will, delay its advancements. Consequently, it prolongs the duration of its material incarnations. I'll stop there for a second. That's called parking. You, you see that a lot, is that people will park themselves. I have been told I have parked myself in life after life by being the same person who, who, wants, uh, who wants money and treasure over helping people. So, but he then says, which then becomes a punishment, since due to its own fault, it remains in the lower ranks and must start the same task all over again. It thus depends on the spirit itself to shorten, through its own efforts at self-purification, the extent of the periods of incarnations. So, just as we tell other people, our ultimate success or failure is entirely up to us. Our dedication and attitude in life directly affects our progress in the spirit realm. Only by our free will decisions and predetermined episodes in our life can we accumulate the knowledge that we desire to gain and demonstrate our newly found attributes. So, what does that have to do with not being able to remember your past lives? Well, because it, the spirit world wants us to start over. So Jacob says, it's not that simple. It is circumstantial. At this point in time, we need to understand the toll that a period of such of such time as 80 years can, uh, let me read this whole thing, can seem like an eternity, can take a toll on us. Although I do understand why for some people it is for the benefit. If you're a good person and you're going through a difficult, difficult episode, it can be a heavy burden. Absolutely. So Jacob's absolutely right. That's why I try to say over and over again, this is not an easy burden. And it can, it can certainly seem unfair to us. And that is why we always have to set ourselves back and think of that there is a good reason for that. We have to, that's one thing is, is we hopefully, if we have faith in God and Jesus who leads us here on the planet Earth, they want to do what's good for us. No one wants to punish us. What And also, remember this. When we go through our trials here on earth, it's usually us ourselves that ask for those trials and that we want to make sure that we'll learn them. And sometimes we may have a difficult trial that may last longer than one we would like here on earth, right? Because we had gone through that same trial or similar trial like that before and we didn't learn what we needed to learn at the time and some of that times can be that uh, we have certain limitations right so is any of us completely happy with our physical body or our mental capacity you know we sometimes curse our plight when we can't seem to reach beyond the boundary set by our birth you know there is a reason for this 
So one of the reasons we live on an expiatory planet, right? According to the doctrine of the spirit, we are on earth to learn to become better spirits. We aren't here to frolic in constant bliss. Instead, we are granted life in our physical bodies so that we may pay for our past wrongs and gain new knowledge. And we do both by the trials set for us by the spirit world in concert with our quest for improvement. All determined why we resided in the spiritual plane. Now, in the book, And Life Goes On, psychographed by Francisco C. Xavier, a spirit tells us about the type of people who have passed through the lower zones and came to be assisted by spirit helpers to recuperate enough to journey once again to the surface of a world to mold their character in the correct manner. So, these are people who did not directly ascend to a heavenly city after separating from their body. So, let's talk about them but due to their failings in their lives, had to spend some time in a less pleasant location where they experienced suffering until they discovered the need to open their hearts and minds to the, necess- to the necessity of uh, to open their hearts of love and forgiveness. Now, some of these spirits who are here, we are here, here on earth now, who've been in the lower zone, they've roamed the earth for a period of time, right? And now they're, they're ready to change. And then the spirit helpers come and allow them to recover in a safe environment. Then they realize their need to return and truly absorb the lessons they require in order to rise immediately after death to a celestial city. They don't want to go back to the lower zone. They want to start up the ladder to become a pure spirit. They want improvement. And sometimes they may ask for things more than they are really able to do when they're on earth. Yes, and soul says God is merciful. Through reincarnation, he's giving us a chance to do better. That's exa- <laughs> that is exactly um, what we're saying. So this is what he says. This is what uh, uh, Henri Luis says about the souls who strive for improvement. When they receive the loan of a new body, they are usually born along those who were their accomplices in the follies of the past are those who are attuned to them through the same kinds of debts and resultant repayments. These candidates for expiatory recapitulation for the past beg for measures against themselves, either in a home environment that does not match their ideals or in the formation of the future body they will use. Many times they want some of its functions to be blocked, thus wisely inhibiting beforehand the inferior tendencies that led to their downfall in the past. So what are we being told? We are being told that many spirits deliberately choose to impede potential avenues to commit offenses to force a lesson they so sorely need. Imagine if you knew what you were in the past and now you're born with these limitations. How frustrating that would be. One of the reasons why we're not allowed to remember our past lives. You would completely rebel against that. Plus, if you're born into an environment where you're with all your other accomplices, right, who you knew that they were not nice people, and in this life you wanted to become a nice person, you would, you, and also these people, they may want to become a nice person too, but you would be, you know, tainted in your eyes, in your, uh, in your, ideals of of their character where they might end up to be a really good person another reason for us not to know our past lives so and it's although i know it's hard 
to imagine for us here on Earth why souls would sabotage their potential happiness on our planet to ensure their spiritual growth. Now, think about that for a reason. Think about why would someone say, no, I want, you know, I, I want to be blind in one eye or I want something. Why would someone do that? The only answer is that the price must be worth it. It, it tells you something of how wonderful and what is is sitting there in the heaven that people want to do better so they can go there, right? Learning a lesson must have tangible rewards. The prize of improvement must be greater than any momentary pain while in a physical body on earth for a relatively short time. A spirit who wishes to learn more about this process in the book Boundary Louise asks, does this mean that spirits who are determined to perform better the next time on earth ask for built-in disadvantages? And then this is what he is told. Yes, indeed. This is why there are great talents who are frustrated regarding the direction they would like their lives to take. Astute minds that are barred from any academic accolades early on, forcing them to work at obscure artisans or to carry out simpler tasks in a lengthy and painful condition of subalternity, where they learn humility, balance, peace, and moderations. Artists who are frustrated regarding their highest aspirations, dragging around physical defects and other limitations that temporarily prevent their manifestation of their talents, but under which they will re-educate their impulses with necessary respects for the sentiment of others, women with an enormous capacity for love, shackled to unsightly bodies, learning through terrible afflictions of the soul the pain of having deserted home and having despised the commitments of motherhood, dynamic and energetic men, bearing insidious and hidden frustrations that keep them from organic pleasures in the physical realm so that they can work on the spirit of understanding and charity in the core of their souls. Now, that paragraph that I just read to you is one of the most powerful and revealing paragraphs I've read. It explains so much about so many people. What was said explains the daily tragedies of genius unrecognized, talent unappreciated and frustrated, why some of our family and friends are forced to live with it with a disability that limits their opportunities. One example of this is the disability of a man of artistic genius is the famous painter Talese Lautrec. He was born with obvious disabilities designed to hinder his ability to shine. Nevertheless, even from that, in his own manner, he was able to demonstrate his talents to the world. That which we use to our advantage to act in a dishonorable fashion towards others, when it's removed, right? Like a child who plays with a dangerous tool has it taken out of his or her hands because they don't yet possess the maturity to correctly manipulate it. Examine your life and look at your limitations to determine what message was sent for your benefit. I think back of my childhood, my goal one day becoming a fighter pilot. Let me see. Yeah, so the soul says, thank God we don't remember our past, but sometimes they'll let us remember through our dreams or past because they want us to learn something. Right, Brian. So that is true. And before I go on to here, let me tell you what I was just told. So I've talked about this in other places, but let me review this again. So I, when I first became a spiritist, about you know a couple of years afterwards, I was at a spiritist meeting, where, as I said at the beginning of this, I was told I took advantage of people. And in fact, they said I took advantage of people, and I failed 
time and time again. And I, I will talk more about this when I talk about financial problems because I felt that I was I had opportunities and I got pretty good windfalls when companies I worked at a, at a high level got bought out. But of course, I lost it. Right, I didn't gamble. I, you know, it just still was, somehow I thought were very safe investments end up not being. And I and I believe now that's because when I was in charge of a group of of people and I don't know what I was. But what I was told is I took money from them instead of protecting it and helping them. Later, I've learned just within this year is that even in late, uh, more ancient lives, older lives, way back when, I also did really terrible things. And I chopped people's legs off, you know, off of slaves because I didn't want them to escape. Now, I've read about that before when there was the time uh, when the Romans and the Persians were, were had a, a, a war and, and within a battle, the Persians won. They took a lot of Roman prisoners and so for that they could not run off, right? Because then when they could run off and get to a place where they could never get in, you know, within their territory, they chopped their feet off. And a later Roman writer wrote about that when those when they were those slaves were freed. It was very sad seeing these people hobbling along trying to get back to their home. So why was I told that? As a soul says, you know, they tell us these things because they want us to learn something. So why was I told? I've never been told I've done anything good. <laughs> I've only been told how bad I've been. So why have I been told all the horrible things? that I've that I've done. Well, I can only think is that is because I think that I'm here in front of you today to show that reincarnation works. Why do I say that? Well, in this life I haven't tortured anyone. I haven't killed anyone. I've lost people some money who've invested with me. That is absolutely true. I've always I te- feel terrible about that, but I've never stolen money. Uh, you know, I've, I'm a better person than I was. So I think that I am here. I am here as an example of someone who was extremely horrible, flawed, right? A very flawed character, a very flawed personality, someone you would not want to know at all into someone who is at least not, you know, actively bad. And hopefully I'm doing better. But that's what I think is why I have been told these things. That's just my idea. So, now let me give another uh, example of, uh, of physical limitations. So, another example of myself. Now, I think back of my childhood... And, and during my, you know, my high school years, I really wanted to become in the military, a fighter pilot. I wanted to be in the military and I had the grace and opportunity to apply to, to the Air Force Academy. But in my senior year, in my, in high school, I lost my 2020 sight and the avenue had been irretrievably blocked. Then only decades later was eye corrections surgery developed. Now, the spirit world knew I wanted to be in the military. But they, you know, I wanted to do that, but they didn't let me. 
I also found out this year that I have been told that uh, when I went to a, a spiritist healing center, the person who was actually doing the healing, a spiritual healing center, told me that he says, you know what, Brian? And he said this in Portuguese. He said, we've been friends for 200 years, and we fought in a war together. So I have been in the military before, and probably most naturally, I gravitated towards wanting to do that again. So, as myself, another example. This wasn't my only hurdle. When I was young, roller coasters and other rides were fun. And therefore, I thought piloting a jet would pose no problem. Years later, when I visited Disney World with my family and rode on an advanced simulator ride, I left the ride sweating and disoriented. My wife and children looked at me and laughed. They'd never seen me in that condition before. And now I know that even if by some miracle I was able to use my free will and somehow fly, right? As soon as I started any type of strenuous training, I would have washed out immediately. In fact, I took flying lessons when I was 16. But it was just, you know, if the spirit world doesn't want you to open a door, you can, you know, you can try and bang your head against that door. It's not going to work, right? Like a teenager wishing to be a doctor but can't stand the sight of blood, I was destined to never be what I so deeply desired. And now I know more of, you know, why, right? They, they weren't going to let me go down that path. That what I couldn't do was denied me for a reason in order for me to concentrate on what I needed to accumulate in this life. Looking back, of course, I am grateful. <laughs> so, I hope that helps. Let's take some other examples. Imagine what we've heard in other books by Chico uh, Xavier, Devaldo, uh, Devaldo Franco, Yvonne Piera. Where there have been stories that people, that you know, uh, uh, people have murdered each other, uh, you know, a person murdered a, 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 you know, friend, a business friend, right? Took all their money. Well, the person they murdered came back as their grandchild, right? Who was going to be the sole heir of all the the factory, the money, and everything. So, what would happen if that grandchild knew that his grandfather stole everything and killed him? So that's a good question. Oh, now Tommy Lou says, what about free will? Now that is a great question. And it's very interesting. So the books that you read, they always try to emphasize, yeah, and you have free will, right? In fact, they use an example. Andre says, okay, what about a person who was convicted of murder and he murdered someone and you made sure he was convicted of murder in his present life and he was put into a prison. Where's his free will, right? A person's in prison. He's not going to go very far. He's in prison for life. Where's his free will? And the spirits answered Andre Luis as, well, he does have free will. He has free will. Well, let me finish the first one, Tommy. This is another good question. So the answer is, or the quick answer to, are spirits allowed to interfere with our free will? The answer is no, but they can, put, well, they put obstacles in your in yourself so you'll finally decide because it's so obvious not to go to that location. Let me give the examples. 
So they said, okay, this guy's in a prison. How, what's his free will? And the spirit answered, well, he has free will. He can help other prisoners. He can be a productive member of prison society. He can follow the rules. He can help the warden. He can help the prison guard. He can be an example to everyone else. So yes, he has free will. Very limited. Now, I thought the most interesting example of the discussion of free will was not really meant to be a discussion of free will. In in Allen Kardec's, he had a monthly magazine back in the 1850s. And in one of his magazine uh, articles, it was about a meeting, a medium's meeting they had with the spirit of Diogenes. And they talked to Diogenes. And, Di and they said, Diogenes, they, they talked about Alexander the Great because the famous thing is Alexander uh, said, Diogenes, what do you want? Diogenes said, well, I want the sun, you know. You're, you're in the sun, you know, he was in the shadow of Alexander. Get out of my way. That was like one of the few things that were left. And of course, Diogenes said, well, he talked more to Alexander than that. But we get to the same, the main point. Diogenes said, ah, on earth, you're just a bunch of slaves. And he didn't really go further than that. But then I thought about that. And really what he's saying, and what you don't really read in Spirit's book, and I could be wrong, people can certainly disagree with me is that we our curriculum is set that yes we have free will but our free will is mostly our decisions within the episodes of our life so if you're going to lose all your money right you're going to lose all your money no matter what you do with your free will most likely i could be wrong that you're going to go broke and your free will is how you handle being broke are you are you mean to everybody else? Do you try and steal your money back? Or do you handle it with honor, right? So, I think, now, that is on a planet of atonement. When we get to a planet of regeneration, and higher than that, you have a lot more free will, because Diogenes was on a higher level planet. He told us we were slaves. It's like it's like the the, the graduate student in college talking to a high school student, like, oh, you don't know anything. I believe in, in the plan of regeneration and higher, you have much more free. When you were born, you said, okay, I think I want to study this, or I want to do that, or I want to emphasize this, because you're actually talking with spirits, and you're actually in your physical life, you're going through what you want to improve on, etc. Whereas we here in a planet of atonement, we are, we are, we are going through pretty, you know, the you know, you know, the basic subjects of school, reading, writing, arithmetic sort of things. We're just, we're taking away hate and envy, jealousy, all that type of stuff out of us. So, and we're not mature enough to decide how we'd want to be treated. So, I believe that we're pretty well bracketed. Now, I remember, I I read this passage in the book one time, and it was, oh, Memoirs of a Suicide. And these people, this guy was, was doing something very wrong. It was, he was going to get off what the path he should be doing, right? And so they, and I've read this in other books by Andre Luis, is they made that person extremely sick and very ill. And then that person just like went home and couldn't do what the wrong thing that they were going to do. So, that is a bit of an inner, you know, it, that's a gray area. No, you, you didn't. Now, 
When you say interfere with their free will, did they change the person's mind? No, they don't do that, right? So they, you, you could say, Tommy, that they did not interfere with his free will, but they set him up to be so ill that he couldn't do what he wanted to do. And in fact, I, when I read that, I remember something in my past life and I was like sicker. I wanted to do something. I was so sick and I couldn't do it. And it finally dawned on me after I became, you know, interested in spiritism. I know anybody out there at the time is, okay, now I understand why I was so sick. They didn't want me to go down that path. I was not allowed to go down that path. I know another reason. Another time when I was with someone in a car and I wanted to go somewhere, the car wouldn't start. We just gave up, right? Afterwards, the person said, well, the car's been fine. I took it to the garage. Nothing's ever happened to it again. I believe that was, again, closing another door, not letting me do what I wanted to do, even though it would have opened something that was wrong for me. So, did I, I hope I answered that question. It's a great question. People, it's something that we need to really learn is that is, I think the summary of it is, if you are, if the spirit world doesn't want you to do something, they will find a method but not changing your mind, which they could have the power to do. If they wanted to, they could put in your mind that you would do what they tell you. You know, some of the higher spirits can absolutely do that easily, but they won't do it. And that's been over and over in every spiritual literature. Not only when we are on earth, but even in the spirit world, they will not, they will not mess with what you're thinking. But they will modify the environment and the circumstances that hopefully you would get the message are not, right? It's like a, another example is uh, my wife and I wanted to sell our house. We tried, and we first we wanted to buy something else first, right? The market was good that we could sell our house easy. We couldn't buy anything. Then we tried to buy vacant land. Every time we saw something we liked, we were always second or last or, or something. Nothing ever worked out. I finally understood, okay, well, evidently Spirit World wants us to stay where we are at. I still understand exactly why. I think I have, you know, a clue, right? We later, you know, we rebuilt on our land and we sold it and made money so I could, you know, retire. But those are things. So one never knows. So, I went off on a huge tangent there, but actually it was good. But again, that's why we can't, uh, <laughs> we can't remember our past lives. Because imagine, imagine remembering your past life and you're going through an algebra class and you were a mathematics professor in your last class and your last life. And you know, why am I sitting through this? It always intrigues me when people talk about their past lives and they, they say, well, I was, I was queen of whatever, or I was, you know, this very powerful person. And I always think, oh, don't wish to be a powerful person because the more power you have, the more potential you have to do harm, right? Like I did. And you're going to have to, you're going to have to atone for that harm. You have to learn not to do that harm. In one of the books um, by Chico Xavier, there was a story of this woman who was bedridden. She just lived a horrible life. And, she was uh, in pain and couldn't do much. And and then they were told, why was why did she have a life like this? Well, 
She had been a queen, and what they said about her is that she was the best of friends to her friends and the worst of enemies to her enemies. And she had done really terrible things to people to keep in power and to maintain her power and probably to uh, improve her power. And she had actually asked for this. She had been through subsequent lives and she never thought that she had paid enough. And this happens. And this is why I always say, this is why I always say is that we are our worst judge. Let me see another comment. Once you call on a higher energy level and it surrounds you, you've invited the information or thoughts, I would think. Just like if you have lower energy level thoughts, it invites more of the same. Wouldn't you think? Yes. So, yes, Carol. So, um, that's another great question. And let me go off on first, finish the story of the lady. So, she had gone through several lives, but she never thought she actually atoned for what she had done. And she had asked for this really severe life, which I think is more severe than she should have asked. But again, we are our own worst judges. Now, now the question on, on your thoughts and how they can, um, how people can inspire you, good and bad, right? So it's kind of like that cartoon where we have the devil on one shoulder and the angel on the other, right? Giving us thoughts. And that's what life we go through, right? Because we're on a plan of atonement. There are, there are, High spirits around us giving inspiration, but there are also lower spirits telling us stupid things to do, right? Like poor alcoholics or other spirits who are alcoholics and died and they want to feel that alcohol. They'll tell you, go, go get a drink, go get a drink. That's why it's probably so difficult for poor addicts and alcoholics to reform themselves. So what we are told though is that you attract by your level of spirituality, you attract the level of spirits that correspond with yourself. And they say this about mediums too. You know, a, a medium who had a high level of spirituality and who studies and lives a good life, understands spiritism, understands the spirit world, will attract higher level spirits that can communicate to them. Some mediums, you know, who sell their services, like, you know, on the, on the, you know, you've seen them, the tarot cards and those type of things. And, and they will attract lower spirits because they're charging for uh, what they're doing. They will tell them maybe some things of the future, but they won't know as far, right? They'll, they'll know some because even spirits on earth can see some of the, the lower spirits can see some of our future and they can see our secrets. They can read our thoughts. But so it all depends. So if you have lower level energy thoughts, it invites more of the same. Exactly. So, Carol, you're exactly correct. That's why it's so important for us to elevate our thoughts because, again, what they've telling us over and over again is if you have elevated thoughts and you learn that habit to follow your conscience and, and you have a thought like, oh, I think I'll take that $10 off that person's desk, right? But you say, no, I'm not, you know, just that's not going to happen. Spirits who are on that level who want you to do uh, incorrect things We'll, we'll just get bored with you. You're no fun, right? Just like the bullies on the playground when you're young. If you don't react, they're not going to bother you because they know there's nothing there to try to make you do because you will follow your conscience. That's why I tell everybody, learn to follow your conscience. If you can follow your conscience and filter out those stupid ideas and let the good, the divine inspiration come, you will... Uh, You'll do amazing. You'll start rewiring your character and personality more than you think. And spirits, higher spirits have told us, 
this is the place to do it. Now, it doesn't mean, even as I read before, as Alan Kardec says, it doesn't mean you're in the spirit world, you can't improve yourself. No, you can. But what we are told that this is the most, in your physical body, when you're, when you're really subjected to these uh, um, strong emotions, right? Whereas in, the, in heavens, if things are more calm, you have less stress, you can intellectually think about it. But sometimes you need that, that suffering and that jolt, right? To really change your, your trajectory and your attitude. That's what we need to take advantage of here on earth. So, Matthew asks, in that case, does that mean one shouldn't go to people like past life regression therapists to learn what problems they may have? Well, the spirit world tells us that we shouldn't really know about our past life unless the spirit world tells us. So, but again, Matthew, you do have free will. So if you do do that, understand what I would recommend is if, you, if, if I went to a past life regressionist, I would say, okay, don't tell me these flowery things I did, right? Tell me what I've done wrong. Because if they told it, give me, you know, give me an accounting of kind of the centuries I was in and the order of what I've done wrong so I can understand what I'm going through now. To do a past life regression, just to tell everybody, you know, I was the Duke of Umbria, right? Or I invented the telephone or something like that. Uh, it might make you feel good, but what does it do for you in the long run? What does it do for you spiritually? I don't think it does much. And I think that's why I was told everything I've done wrong. And it's actually helped me because now I understand why I'm going through what I've gone through, right? I understand the lessons provided me. And, you know, I must have gone through horrible lives after I've done what I was told I've done as far as maiming people, right? Uh, who knows? So that is why I think that I don't think it's necessary. I think it's not, the spirit world tells us it's not a good idea. If some people, as uh, has been said before in the comments, Spirit world will tell you if they think it's going to be beneficial to your uh, to your education and your learning process, but they'll be the ones that decide that. But again, if you decide to do that and look at it, and then the main thing is if you find out something you don't like, look at it as the whole, uh, you know, as the whole arc of your life because we've all started out. Look, we've all started out as primitive. Spirits, so that means that we've killed or be killed, right? It means we've all done horrible things. Yes, so Matthew says, that's exactly what I'm thinking doing, learning my past flaws. Now, see, to me, that is a, uh, is a good strategy to go into that type of thing. And then Tommy says, we need to know what is our purpose in this incarnation, but knowing our past lives could make, would make us crazy. So, yes, I mean, and that's why it's it's a balancing act. And that's why I think, that's why I wrote the book, The Problem is the Solution, because it tells you kind of different scenarios. And I'll go in these more in later weeks, right? It gives you scenarios of this is the problem you have. And if you really look at your life and you examine your life, you can start to pretty well guess what you have done in the past. 
and what you need to work on. And it's, therefore, if you can take these these jolts that hit you, right? Like me losing money. Boy, I tell you, uh, you know, and I've lost six figures um, a couple times. And I, you know, it just ate my insides out until now I understand. Oh, okay. Now, like, whatever. Do it again to me. <laughs> I'm used to it. It, um, you know, it's just fine, right? If you can start looking at that and understanding why, right? That, you know, that ex-husband or wife took all your possessions in that horrible marriage you had, let's say, for instance, well, most probably you did the same in a other existence, maybe to the same person or not the same person. That's hard to know, but you did the same. You treated someone uh, not nice. So those are things to think about. And um, those are things to analyze. And, you know, try to have a good attitude about it. This is the most important things that if we can. And again and again, the spirit world tells us is if you can learn through these and not come out more bitter or angry, and you can learn and forgive you know, that ex-wife, ex-husband, whoever that was, right? That rotten cousin, aunt or uncle or whatever, right? If you can forgive and say, okay, that person, to me, is a, you should say that person was used as a foil to teach me a lesson. Now, that person's going to have their own intersection. They're going to learn their own lessons. They're going to have to atone for what happened to them in subsequent lives or their present life. So, you know, look at that and you'll be much better. And then Carl says, think of gut instincts to guide you. So, that, yes. And that's why from, I should have said this, not some great, you, um, uh, you, you mentioned that, Carol, is that's why there are two important things that are given to us as we come into our present life from our previous lives. And that is our instincts, and that's as Carol said, use your gut instincts, right? Sometimes when you sense danger or, or other instincts work is like you see a person and you're just like, oh, I, I like that person, even though they may not have said anything or said very little and you had nothing rational to base that on. That's probably a person you knew in a previous life. That was your instinct kicking in. And the second thing is your conscience. Your conscience is a law library that you built up, right? Because there's no such thing as black and white. As the spirit world tells us, no one is all, there's nobody all good or all bad on this planet. We may think there is, but it's not true. Everyone has their, their good points and everyone has their bad points. So your conscience and your instincts are from your past life. And that's why we look at some people who are, or let's say criminals, right? And they, and they're, you know, they're almost, you know, pathological liars or whatever. And really what they are is they're just, they're this less mature spirits. They haven't learned to listen to their conscience. They haven't learned really right from wrong. And their instincts are not uh, developed because they haven't been through those that much life, right? That's why we shouldn't hate people. That doesn't mean we don't lock them up, right? We don't put them in jail or whatever for doing so. It doesn't mean we're passive little you know, namby-pambies, but it does mean that we understand that, okay, well, that person did this wrong, needs to be locked up, immature spirits, not going to learn to be civilized in this life, I'll try the next one, right? Put them in jail for a while. That is why, uh, you know, that's the kind of attitude we need, we need to have. 
And then Jacob says, I'm considering, if possible, seeing a past life regression for my enlightenment. So yes, so as long as you understand going in, and it'd be interesting to see if anyone who's done this report back to me when you say, because I'm sure most people want will tell their past life regressionists and and it's probably inbred in these people this is to tell you oh what these exciting things you were right but ask them the you know ask them the the flaws you've had and it'd be interesting to see um what they do and what information they find out because i'll i'll i would think that would be an unusual request be yeah we'll see it may not be i don't know might, might be a lot more enlightened people than i think out there one would hope. So, Carol says, so if you have strong feelings of dislike towards someone, you should really make an effort to love, forgive them, so you don't have to repeat a life of living with them again. Absolutely. And again, I'll talk about that more in family problems, is that the spirit world does not like unresolved conflicts. And unless you resolve that conflict, guess what? Exactly as Carol said, you're going to be put together again. So um, there's an example of this. Let me see if I have time. There's an example of this. In, in um, um, Chico Xavier's book, um, 50 Years After, and that was like uh, 50 years after uh, Christ. And there was this family, a husband and wife, they loved each other. And there's this other woman and her maid. And this other woman wanted that husband. And she used her maid. She used her maid to set up. Uh, she used her maid to put go into the other household and do terrible things to that wife. So, so he would hate her and then go with the other woman. Right? Very terrible things. It's a good book. So... It's uh, by Chico Xavier, uh, by the Spirit of Manuel. And it's it's one of the first books 2,000 years ago, but this one was called 50 Years After. So in a later life, the husband and wife, right, who were split apart because of uh, the certain woman's machinations, they, of course, were married again in their present life and in the early uh, 20th century in Brazil. But the woman who split up the marriage, right, and did terrible things, and the maid, they were both born as sisters to the husband. Now, why sisters? Because they need to be told to have, to have you know, familial love with him, not love as starting a family type of love, because he had his soulmate. He had been in multiple lives married to the same woman. And that... She and her maid were there to reconcile and learn to love him like a brother, not as a love object, right? Now, the interesting thing is, what we were told is a great lecture by uh, uh, Geraldinho, is that he said that this the, the one sister, the one who wanted him way back when, right? Whenever he brought home any woman to, uh, to see, uh, she was never good enough. In fact, his wife... You know, his wife was never good enough for him. You know, oh, she's, you know. But he, he said, look, she was a great woman. She gave to the poor. She did a lot of charity work, but she never liked any of his girlfriends or his wife. So anyway, um, it's just, you know, one of those stories. So anyway, I, uh, 
Is there any more questions? I think I've gone through this subject. Hopefully, there's a lot more on my YouTube and BitChute channel. So I talk about many different aspects. Uh, on, first of all, on my blog site, nwspiritism.com. On my books, you can look at my books on the right-hand side of my nwspiritism.com. And the book we're talking about today, of course, is The Problem is the Solution, which explores which explores a lot of what happens to us when we're, um, you know, in, in relations to past lives. Let me bring the book up here. And then please, please share this on Facebook. The more people we can uh, spread spiritism to, the more information we can give to people, the better. Please go to my YouTube Bitsuit channel, subscribe, hit the like button, share it if you can, comment if you want to comment. I try to answer every comment that's given to me. And then the other thing is, if you'd want to talk to me directly, you can go to uh, spiritismstudy.org. Let me bring that up. And you can, we can, first of all, you can, we can create an appointment. I can talk to you. I can talk to you directly. There it is, spiritismstudy.org. And I'll use either Skype or WhatsApp. And we can get an appointment. Some people on here I've already talked to, and I've enjoyed every bit of it. The conversation will go whatever way you want the conversation to. So again, that's spiritismstudy.org. You can scroll down a bit. You can get an appointment. And then they'll, an email will be sent to me of the time you'd like to talk. I'll send back to you saying it's fine and how we can uh, communicate. So I want to thank everyone for a wonderful, wonderful uh talk tonight thank you for contributing and remember i also talk on the on my on the website spiritism and the spirit world around us and that's on facebook side i also do a live uh, facebook streaming every wednesday night at the same time now for some reason i never get the people's names on that one so if you're talking to me on that site please type in your name first or your initials or something that I can, uh, your least first name. I don't know why the names don't come out on that. It must be something to do with the software. So please come to that one if you'd like to listen on Wednesday night. If not, I post this. I'll post this, I guess, of course, to YouTube and BitChute as well as the Wednesday night. So you can always go to my channel and see what I've posted recently. So I want to say God bless everyone. Thank you for everyone for being part of the program.